was it bad? What was it like? Working with him, working with her. You'll hear all the tales you wish you knew. Every aspect of the theater too. Feel your love of Broadway anew. On backstage babble. Hi. This is Charles Kirsch, and welcome to Backstage Babble. Backstage Babble is a podcast interviewing professionals in the theater industry about themselves, their careers, and the people they've worked with along the way. Today, I could not be more honored to be joined by our guest, Rita Gardner. Rita Gardner was in the original cast of The Fantastics and has appeared on Broadway numerous other times in Ben Franklin in Paris, The Wedding Singer, 1776, Pal Joey opposite Bob Fosse, and more. She also starred in the all-female I Remember Mama and has been seen on screen many times, including in Marcy X and Tracy Morgan's The Last OG. Rita, thank you so much for joining us. So let's start at the beginning of your career. How did you get into acting? Well, I started at five years old. And I was on the radio and I uh, was on television and I was part of a jazz quartet and I taught. I did a lot of stuff, almost like you. I started very, very young. That's how I got started. And I was on a show called Coast to Coast on a Bus, which uh, was very good for me because they took care of me. I was very young, and I sang, and I acted, and I studied. I always studied. So who were some of your early influences? Who were well, all the people I met. Everybody influences you. I mean, in, in, you know, I think that when I met somebody and they had something to say or something to do, or a teacher or an acting teacher, I said, oh, they know what they're talking about. So that I'll listen to them. I won't listen to everybody. So what do you think you learned about stage acting by doing this radio and television acting at the beginning? Well, I, I had a lot of classes. I always had a lot of classes. My parents always said, you have to learn your craft. And I always tell people that too. I, you have to learn your craft. So I learned that you stay out of the way and you use your instincts, but you have to know a lot. <laughs> So how did you sort of get started? When did you sort of decide you wanted to do theater rather than continue with television? Uh, well, I, I did everything. So uh, when I went to class, uh, I went to, you know, I went to schools, I learned. And uh, then I, as I said, I started teaching and I said, oh, that's very interesting too. But I always worked. I never stopped working because Jung, who was, with Freud, I'm sure you know that, or I'm telling you that. And um, he said, you have one passion and you have a life on the side, but one passion and one passion is work. Work, work, work. That's what gives me joy. And then I have a life. I'm married, I've been married and married. <laughs> so I understand that part of life as well. Yeah. And, and you go on and do what you're doing. So one of your first professional theater credits was The Fantastics, which is yes. now the longest running off-Broadway show. Yes. So how did you sort of audition for that? Well, you know what? I got a hold of an old variety. Do you know about variety? It's an old showbiz newspaper. 
God knows if it's still running, I don't know. And I saw they were, you know, looking for somebody to be in the Fantastics. And I just had finished doing a review. And I thought the Fantastics was a review. So I called the producer and he answered the phone. And I said, I can do that, you know? <laughs> and he said, what, what are you talking about? And I said, well, it's a review. I've just done a review. He said, no, darling, this is a book show. I said, I can do that too. I needed to get a job. When you need to get a job, you, you really try very hard. And he said, well, come in tomorrow. I convinced him to hear me sing. I said, you know, I do sing. I read music. I was taught to read music. And I came in and there were two girls who were up for the role. You know, seeing people, but it was the end of the audition period. But I came in and it was raining and I looked horrible. I had, my hair was wet, clothes were wet, and the director said, send her home. And uh, uh, the, Lori Noto, the producer said, no, I think she's the girl. And I sat down and I sang Over the Rainbow because I thought if it could work for Judy Garland, it could work for me. And I sang that and I read uh, some of the stuff they gave me because uh, uh, I could read music, as I said, and then I, I read scenes and I came back the next day and the next day and they called and said, you got the job. That's, it was an accident. I needed the job and I got a paper that said, okay, I can do this. So at one point in doing the Fantastics, did you realize that it was going to run for 40 years or did you ever realize that? I never have. <laughs> <laughs> it's older than I am, I always think. <laughs> No, I never thought that. I thought it was wonderful. And Lori Noto, the producer, really kept it alive. And we did a lot of publicity because the reviews were not that great. We did it in East Hampton for a week. And then the, we came back to New York and everybody wanted to see it. And I was very lucky. And I, I was the only girl. Think of that. Only girl. All, I had all these guys in the cast. Jenny Orbeck, Kenneth Nelson, you know. And we all adored each other because we knew we were in something very special. So what was it like to be the early, in the early years of sort of shaping off Broadway as a form? What was it like? I never thought, I, I, I don't think about that. I just said, listen, after I left the Fantastics, I did a movie and I said, oh, now I need another job. I didn't. I don't worry about the past. Once it's over, it's over. I have to go ahead and get another job. Do you know what I mean? That's what I do. But while I'm doing it, I study. I always had classes. I always studied singing. I'm back in singing lessons. I take acting lessons. I take all those classes that young people start when they're very young, but you go on and on and on and you, you know, you, you nest in the gale, as Margaret Mead would say, and you go on with what you do, and you're part of what's happening. I'm part of what's happening now. Look. Yeah, you are. Absolutely. So, as we mentioned a few times, the Fantastics had such a long run, and, like, hundreds of actresses have replaced you. So, what would you sort of have to say to anyone who has to take on that part? I said... Learn it and make it yours. Make it yours. And, and don't worry about all the rules. Just make it something that you love to do and look at the character and make it work for you. That's so, what you say. 
So you were saying you did a movie after that. What was that specific movie? I don't remember. It played at the palace for about a half hour. So I don't remember. I know there were people, very good people in it, but I don't remember anything about that movie except it closed very fast. But that's what you do, you know? I thought, oh my God, a movie. Oh, well. It didn't work that way. Sometimes that doesn't work. You know, you have to face that as well, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So your first Broadway show was Next, which you got a starring role in, which was a family affair. Yeah. What was was it like to sort of work with all the giant comic talents in that show? Uh, That wasn't an easy show to do. Uh, it, It, but I met a wonderful man who took over for the director of the Fantastics and Hal Prince. Do you remember Hal Prince? No, you don't remember, but you know who that is. As a matter of fact, in March, I'm supposed to do 54 Below and honor him. Hopefully they will be able to do that because he was great. He took over and he took care of me. And I loved knowing him. And that was a, a very special time. Uh, it wasn't easy. It really wasn't an easy show to do. But uh, I learned a song from that show, Johnny Kander and Fred Ebb. I think they, they wrote them. No, not Fred Ebb. Uh, the Goldman Brothers or the Gold, you know. The, Goldman. Huh? Goldman Brothers, yeah. Yes, the Goldman Brothers. And, and Johnny Kander, and they had a wonderful score. And that's what I'm going to sing if we ever open in March, I hope so. Yeah. And talk about Hal Prince. That was very uh, an important person. So, what was it that you were saying? It was sort of a difficult show to work on. What was it that made? Well, it, it was that I got the part, and um, the director was fired, and I got very upset, and it wasn't easy. Which I won't mention. The company wasn't always easy to be with. So that's what happens when you're in theater, you know? So it's not always easy. But when Hal came into the show and said, listen, don't worry, I'll take care of you. And I'm crying just when I say it, he did. So it was worth it. So as you were mentioning, not just you, but also Hal Prince and Kander and Ebb, launched what will be legendary careers in the theater with that show. So what was it sort of like to be able to work with all those people starting out? Well, it, it wasn't Kander and Ebb. I, I believe that the Goldman Brothers wrote, he wrote the music, John Kander, and they wrote the lyrics. Oh. So, so Kander and Ebb came later. And when Johnny, you know, started writing with Ebb, that's when all of those wonderful shows happened. But at the beginning, it, it's always difficult. It's, it's you know, uh, but I'm glad I had those experiences. But I'm somebody that once they're over, as I said, I go on to the next. Yeah. So, do you- so one of the next shows you did was Pal Joey, which you co-starred with Bob Fosse. And that's I love him. Yeah. So tell us about working with him in a rare acting appearance? He was somebody that also was brilliant. He had done Joey before, and so now he was playing Joey with me. And um, 
what happened in that show, and I won't mention names, is the leading lady really couldn't sing. So it was difficult in that way. A wonderful actress, but you know, not everybody can sing. So uh, that was the difficult part, but um, working with him was terrific too. Nice man, very nice man, and very knowledgeable. Um, and I played Linda, yeah, and we sang together. If they asked me, I could write a book, you know, Richard Rogers. Rogers so, and Yeah, a great score. So did you enjoy working at City Center? City Center is famously one of the biggest theaters in New York. Um, it, it, I think it was two or three weeks then. So it wasn't, you know, mm -hmm. forever. I don't know what's going to happen now. You know, everything changes. But... Um, I really took that score and I learned it and I came to city center knowing it very well because I, there was no time to rehearse, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and it, it wasn't a huge role, but it, you know, it, it was, it was lovely to do it with, with Bobby. So before I ask you about your next stage show, I want to ask you a little bit about your movie career. You've done a lot of movies, including recently Marcy X with Lisa Kudrow. You did a movie of your former husband's play, A Thousand Clowns. You were in that. Oh, I just sang in that. I wasn't in it. Oh. I just did four bars. I think they thought that if you, you know, I was going to do the whole thing because they wanted to, you know, have it maybe win an Oscar for the best song. But I wasn't in it. I think everyone has done the part, maybe imitated me in a way, but I never, I mean, in terms of the character, a lot of it was in the script. A lot of me was in the script, but I never did it. Is, is that clear? Yeah. Well, when you were married to somebody who listens to, you know, you, you, you say things and they write it down. If you're a writer, you, you always have a pad and pencil with you, you know? Yeah. What have been some of your favorite movie and TV roles to tackle? Movies? Uh, I love doing a play 4,000 Miles. That was a, a lovely experience. And as far as movies, I remember once with Tracy Morgan, uh, the last OG, where I had to fall into trash. I love that. That's one of my favorite experiences. And he's a very funny man. So do you find movie and television acting easier than stage acting? or? Well, I'm a, it's what you call I'm a theater bunny. That's what I do. But you can't be a theater bunny and not do television and, and movies and you take other things and you learn how to adjust. Everything is an adjustment. But I started out, you know, doing theater in, in, in I went to performing arts and we had theater classes. And so that's what I feel I am. But when you do have to do a movie or television thing, how do you sort of carry your theater training into that? Uh, how I do it, I speak like this because sometimes I speak in the theater, you know, and when you do theater, you know, they have mics and everything. And so that's, you would never hear me. You know what I mean? You have to lower your voice and be honest, but you don't have to speak like this, you know? Mm. So I had to learn that. Do you find theater stars or movie stars generally, generally to be more generous or more kind? 
I don't think about them being in the movies or the, you know, look what's happening now, the movies or television or whatever. Actors are always mostly generous. That's the nature of an actor. Mm -hmm. And if they're not, I don't have anything to do with them. So, <laughs> no, I, I don't think about that. And, and look, all of the actors that have given money, that have donated, that care, that's an actor's life. And they, they're, they're super when it comes to that. And they always will be. And I'm proud to be one. Yeah. So are there some actors you've worked with who were especially nice? I could mention a lot of them, but I won't hear. Because <laughs> I've, I've worked with a lot, yes. Mm. And sometimes it's, Ooh, um, you know, and maybe I was difficult. I hope not. But it, it, sometimes you don't work with people that are easy to work with. So one of the next stage roles you did after Pal Joey was playing Sister Mister in the off-Broadway Cradle Will Rock. So that was a more serious show than A Family Affair or Pal Joey. So do you prefer tackling serious or comedic works? People think I'm comedic, but if it's serious, it's serious. But in The Cradle Will Rock, I tap dance. I'd never tap dance. I learned to tap dance. Oh, that wasn't easy. And the other thing is Mark Blitzstein wrote The Cradle Will Rock. And so Leonard Bernstein, who knew Mark Blitzstein very well, came and to a rehearsal because we were going to record the show with Jerry Orbach, who was in it, who was in, also in the Fantastics, as you know. And I had this part and um, he played for us during the rehearsal before the recording. And I was singing and tap dancing. And I said, I don't even want to do that. I just want to sit and listen to Bernstein play because I never was that close to a genius who could do that. And he was sensational. And I, I think all of us in the cast were just in awe of him. But he came to take care of us because he said, this is the way Blitzstein wrote it. And I want you to be careful because we're going to record it. And I want it to really be good. Yeah. And it was. So and I'll never forget him. Yeah. So, you one of the next things you did was you were placed in Ben Franklin in Paris. So, how did you get to do that, and how much time did they give you to rehearse? Not very much, because I replaced somebody. But mm -hmm. I met uh, 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 Robert Preston, and he was Ben Franklin. So, what he did, he came into rehearsals. And he said, we have to dance together. I said, oh, I'm not a dancer. He said, we'll dance together, we'll work together, I'll come in, I'll teach you. And I worked with him in rehearsals, not a lot of rehearsal, because you know, you're replacing somebody, it costs money. So I was dancing with Robert Preston, and I looked at him and I said, Robert Preston. And opening night was two dozen roses. That's what he, he said, it, it was a joy to work with him. I mean, I was lucky. I'm mentioning all these people. And yet they, they weren't difficult. Uh, he did the work. And at the end, there's a big monologue. And he was so moving. Mm -hmm. And he had a life. But he checked his day at the door and came in and worked with me. And we danced and we laughed and we had a good time. And again, I said, wow, am I lucky? These guys were great to work with. And I'm not kidding you. 
Yeah. And I'm not being, you know, silly about it or sweet about it. If they weren't, I'd say I'm not mentioning their names because I didn't like them. And there were a few that I didn't mention to you because I'm, I'm not going to mention that. So when you came into a show as a replacement on that show or on any show you've done as a replacement, what do you feel the sort of expectation is? Do you think people are usually welcoming to you? Or? Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. You learn, you know, you learn it at home and you come on and you rehearse whenever you can and you better be good. Yeah. But uh, you do audition and um, if you're chosen and you get paid and it's a good part and even if it's not a good part, you need a job, you do it. There's so not a lot of thinking and saying, well, I go, blah, 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 will I be good? Can I do it? But you just come and do it. Yeah. I so mean, it's more that show it's not as noted as some other shows but it did run for almost a year so what was your opinion of it as a show and in general what's your policy on doing shows that you don't love the material so much if i don't love the material uh, you mean a show this show what show are you talking about i'm sorry uh, well i was asking this show but then also in a broader sense what do you think about doing shows that you don't love as much if i need the job i have to take it yeah. And I'll tell you a few, but not here. <laughs> no, it's not easy. And I go, why did I take this? There's more than one. Um, and, but I, I think all in all, what I'm saying to you, darling, is that it's the work is an end in itself. Stanislavski has said that. And if you need to work, look, I'm doing this with you. I don't know you. And you're a 13 year old asking very bright questions, but I wouldn't know if, you know, we're here, I'm here, you're there, and I'm getting to know you as well. I mean, in accepting you or hearing you or respecting you is something else again. And I do, for the minute you came on television, I said, ah, this is a young man who loves the business. Thank you. And I think that's true. Yeah, well, it is true. I really do love theater. And, and when you love the theater, you have a smile about it. You have a feeling about it. And right now, there's no theater. And what I hope is that somewhere, all of this will be over, this madness, and we can mm -hmm. get back to theater. Me you know, too. we need it. People need to laugh. And there's so much going on, this stuff that, you know, they were rehearsing and whatever. And I hope they keep it going so that when it's over, we can see a Broadway show or be in a Broadway show or do something that makes sense. And it's your work. Thank God it's back. Otherwise, you're sitting home. And, you know, you're reading the paper, you're reading the New Yorker, I read a book, I do this, and you fight with your husband. So, <laughs> and then, oh, what's the next day going to be? That's what happens. It's, it's, it's not what we're used to. Yeah. So when we can do Zoom and meet someone like you, or even not meet someone like you, but I am meeting someone like you, then there's joy in about 30 minutes that I go, oh, this was good. This was, this was, I am enjoying this. I'm enjoying this a lot too. Thank you. So 
one thing you've done twice in your career on Broadway is you were a standby on on a clear day and the last of the red hot lovers yeah how often did you get to go on for those things and sometimes people have stories about they told me like a second before the show that I was gonna have to go on did you ever have anything like that oh yes of course someone doesn't show up and I go what what am I doing last of the red hot lovers I I had memorized I think all three parts and I and then you run on the stage and then there was one time when I was doing uh, something and the director wasn't sure she, he wanted the girl who, who was doing it to go on the stage. And then I had to get dressed and he said, no, no, I better leave it alone, but be ready to go on if I fire her. You know what I mean? So you have to be ready. That ain't easy. I wouldn't want to do that again. It's frightening. Because you're sitting home, you're reading, you're doing, and all of a sudden someone doesn't show up and you're running and you have to be on the stage. Yeah. That's, the, that's your contract. Uh, I, 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 it wasn't easy. And it still isn't. Because you really don't get to do the part the way you see it. You're just doing a role because you're standing by and you have to know it. But it's not part of the whole thing because you're not working with, with the people who are really in the show. You're doing it with the understudies and that's not the play. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's a different thing. But of course, again, we get back to the fact that it's work. Yeah. So and... How long does that last? I don't know. And I'm very grateful that I'm still working. And I never face the facts. That's what they said. Ruth Gordon said, you do this, you do this, you do this, and you never face the facts if you're in the theater. <laughs> so you were mentioning having to just be sitting home and then have to go and do it. Yes. Do you, do you find it, even though obviously you have to, do you find it easier or a challenge for you to sort of just like snap into the character? I don't think that. I just say, hopefully I'll get all the lines. <laughs> yeah. No, it's never the character. You have to learn it. And, and you watch the show at night, but you're never part of it. But that's what you do, and that's what you're getting paid for, and that's what you do. So you do it. And hopefully there'll be something else later. So how much of the work when you're studying to be a standby do you feel you have to do by yourself? A lot. And then see it a lot so that you know the blocking, you know? Yeah. yeah. So on both of those shows, what was your relationship like with Barbara Harris and Linda Lavin, respectively? Oh, it was on, on a clear day. Yeah, and The Last of the Red Hot Lovers. On a clear day, I really didn't know her too well. Um, she was very talented, but uh, that's a part I really wanted to do, and it never happened because it just never did. But I, um, I, we didn't talk too much. There were other things that came up and I just said, this is not going to work. I'm not her friend. I'm standing by. I'll know what I have to do, but that's the, that's the end of that. Yeah. So, uh, and she was very good. But it was a difficult show to do, yeah. And I had to be and watch that all the time, be there all the time. So, so one of the next things you did was replace In the Village Gate 
as a cast member of Jacques Brel is alive and well, living in town. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful, absolutely wonderful. And I met him. Oh. And yeah, and we, I think we were at Carnegie Hall or something, and the whole cast went. I replaced somebody in that because Ellie Stone did it originally. And the funny thing is, and this you might enjoy, is that I replaced her a couple of times because if she was bored, her husband, Eric Blau, would take me out for a Chinese dinner. And I always looked at my fortune cookie and I said, oh, you're fired. Now I know I'm fired <laughs> and I'll come back again because I love the show. It was very important to me. Yeah. So. And, oh. Yeah. That's, that was very important to me, that show. Mm. And it took a lot of singing. There's a lot of work in that. So what do you think it is that appeals to you other than obviously the work as you were saying, or do you think you prefer doing off-Broadway or Broadway shows? As I said to you, I, I, uh, I got a, 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 some kind of lovely thing, an, an off-Broadway uh, thing that said the, uh, I don't know, I was a legend off-Broadway. And that was in September of last year. And why I say it is that I don't believe this. It's the only time my agents ever came to see me in anything <laughs> because they came and they're wonderful people. And, uh, uh, they came and they were so proud of me and I'm so happy I, I've had them for years. They're great. And they're there. And I said, you came. I couldn't believe it. He said, well, not everybody gets this. And I said, well, I'm very proud of that, that it's an off-Broadway thing that I was, you know, I first was off-Broadway. Mm -hmm. and, and I was honored in a very nice way. And I spoke and I thought, oh, my God, what a a lovely thing to have happen. And I put it up in the bedroom, not the living room, because at least I can see it in the bedroom. I don't need people to see it in the living room. So you do have so many Broadway credits and off-Broadway credits. I'm wondering, have you ever been, throughout your career, asked to do a show because the producers or the director knew you from something, or has it always been through auditions? Um. I've always auditioned. Um, if it was the producer that knew me, the director didn't, or the, the wedding singer, which I did, I, I auditioned, but I didn't want to audition. I, you know, but my agent said, go, they really want to see you. And I thought, he's, and he said, I could get you a very good contract. So, I auditioned and I, I said, since I didn't care, I got it. Mm. And um, that was one show I just wasn't interested in. But when the money came up at that time, I said, okay. Mm. And the casting director was lovely to me. Did you sort of become interested later in the process or what's? Pardon? Did you sort of become more invested later in the process? Uh, once I got the part, I was doing uh, uh, rap. I was doing stuff I'd never done before. And I said, let's see what happens. No, I don't have that. I, I worry before it opens. And 
do a lot of work and it's it's not easy and i drive my husband crazy sometimes but you know he's a wonderful writer and he's also an actor so he understands so you originated a role in lucky in the rain which was a musical featuring songs of the american songbook was it fun to sort of get to try your hand at these hits oh lucky in the rain the american songbook yes that was fun because there were lovely songs i believe it wasn't it from everybody. I mean, it was Lucky in the Rain, and you sang from very famous people, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So... Uh, I believe that was it, wasn't it? Yes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's, so that's always nice when you sing great songs, yeah. So that was a show you did as an out-of-town tryout. What is it like doing an out-of-town tryout? Very difficult back and forth you go and uh, uh you know kiss of the spider woman i did uh out of town for about six months and that was difficult because you're away from everything but when you're working and when it's been a long time since you've worked you do it and if your agent says read a go and i'll get you a good contract you do it you know yeah. And some of the things you just say, I'll do it for a, a week, a month or whatever. And some of them don't last that long anyway. And Lucky in the Rain was uh, nice because it was famous songs that I knew. Yeah. So it came more naturally to you? Yes, that's exactly right. And I could hum them as well. <laughs> you could go, da, 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 you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So in Wedding Singer, which we were mentioning, you were working with a lot of actors who were sort of more of a generation, I guess, in between us. So a lot of people comment on sort of the work ethic of actors having changed. Do you think you see that? I don't know. It's been a while since I've worked. So I feel like, you know, I don't know what's happening. I can read what's happening, but I don't know. When I get to do something, and I'm trying, yes, to do something, I'll start to find out. But I think everybody is just grateful they can find a way of doing something, whether it's Zoom or it's virtual or it's doing it for a few people without you know, an audience. That's the difficult part because as an actress in a theater bunny, I like an audience. So you have to you know, regulate things and you have to say, okay, now, face the fact that it's a pandemic and hope you stay healthy and at least have something that you know you can do at some time somewhere and this is what you have to do and you do it yeah i i mean you, you, sometimes you don't face the facts i mean you just do what is around if you face the facts you'd sit home all the time so but that's not what i'm doing you know you 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 face the facts that we're out of a very difficult, difficult time. And, uh, and, but if there's a way of expressing yourself in another way, as I said, then you do it. And then you can forget about the reality of your life. Reality, you know, you'll only go as a tourist is what I say. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of actors have different methods to sort of not just warm up, but also sort of stay healthy with their voice and their body during a long run or doing a big part. So what do you think you do? I take, I take singing lessons. I still take singing. The Kurt Peterson is his name. is a wonderful teacher. Yes. 
That's what I do. I take acting classes. I take with a wonderful man, Sam Schacht, who's a wonderful director. Um, I mean, I'm mentioning all these names because there are people around who say, listen, we have to still keep up the work. You know, you can't just say, oh, I'm a singer, and in a year from now, I'll get a show, but I haven't vocalized, and I haven't, you know, gone to a singing teacher, and it takes a lot of work. It's a blind instrument. You have to keep it going. Yeah. So one show you did was you did an all-female production of I Remember Mama. I loved it. Yeah. What was it like to sort of do a show that was reimagined? Well, Jack Cummings said, you know, I'm going to hire 10 ladies that will play all the parts and they're a certain age. And that was fun. I didn't realize it would be such fun, but it was. Yeah. And I loved working with him too. Were there people in the cast you'd worked with before? Uh, no, but I knew them. I knew them. I knew who they were. Yeah. And we worked a lot. We made that work. And it was. Uh, you know, a joyous experience, and I just rather two two ladies passed away, and that makes me sad. Mm. So you've done a lot of cabarets, some at Fifty Four Below, as you were mentioning, yeah. and one of those cabarets was something you did with Tom Jones. So you've had a chance to work with a lot of composers: Tom Jones, John Kander, um, Jacques Brel. Were there who were some of your favorites to work with? Well, when you do Pal Joey and you meet Richard Rogers and he hears you sing, that's a big deal. <laughs> and the others are awfully, uh, John Kando is great. Yeah, uh, uh, Tom writes the lyrics, but my favorite was Harvey, who wrote the, the music. So and I, Miss him. Yeah. So on what shows that you've done, have the composers worked the closest with you? Well, when I was doing Kiss of the Spider Woman, I worked very closely with Johnny Kander. You know, he was very good about changing keys, I must say that. And I was going on the road with it, which I'd never done. So that w was a, a difficult experience. But because of Johnny, I, I, I was very grateful that he helped me. Yeah. So in terms of doing a show in the cabaret format in general, do you find that that's something that comes naturally to you? No. I have to work at it. And I'm going to be doing my show again at some point, and I have to get back to it and 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 start from the beginning because I'm not per se a cabaret singer. I've done cabaret, but I have to then get used to the show again. You know, you, you I had a wonderful show uh, uh, that Barry Kleinbord put together for me. And uh, we worked very, very hard on that so that I could do it every night because I knew it and we worked very hard. You, you put it together. You're creating your own show. And that's difficult. And I give everyone who really knows how to do that well, I, I applaud them. I learn from them. I'll go and see them and say, ah, this is what I have to do. Yeah. yeah. That's not inside me, no. So I'm not sure if we're talking about the same cabaret that Barry Kleinbart worked on, but I know you did a cabaret of off-Broadway songs. From yes, that's, I think that's the one. And then it's the one that 
Will Holt put together a 20 show. That was the cabaret show. And uh, yes, the one with Barry Kleinboard, uh, uh, theater songs and uh, off-Broadway theater songs. And it was wonderful to do with the Metropolitan, which is not in its clothes. So that was a very interesting show to do with him because I did a lot of research. You do a lot of research mm -hmm. and find things that you want to sing, find things that you don't sing. And then I have this great guy, Al, uh, Alex Rybeck, who is my musical director, and he's always with me. So I'm very pleased to have that now. So how much of that show was off-Broadway shows you've actually done, of which there are many, and how much was things, songs that you just enjoyed singing? How much was interesting, you mean? You mean oh, adding it up? No. How, how much was off-Broadway shows that you've actually done and how much was songs you just enjoyed singing? You know what? I have scripts and I have stuff around, but I don't look back at it. I always take the next thing. I don't live in the past in that I'm recreating something that I did 10, 15, 20 years ago. I'm too old for that. So if somebody's going to hire me, I put all my attention in what I'm doing. And you bring them up. Somebody else brings them up. And then I have to look and say, oh, my God, I did that. I don't remember. <laughs> you do. You're very good at it. So you've had such a storied career and such a legendary career. What advice would you give to any actor who's starting out? I think that you have to have passion for what you do. And passion means that you work at it, you do it, you don't listen to too many people because this is something that's yours. And if you go and do that, then it's not going to be easy, but that's your one passion. And have a life as well. Always have a life because... You need that to, to exist and bring that life into your work. And don't set down rules. If you get a teacher that says, well, you've got to do this, 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 and then don't study with them. You have to find so your own way. And because you work and you take classes, you find a way of, of improvising something that is very dear to you. And then something wonderful can happen. And it doesn't all the time. And, you, you know, God knows I sit around here and I go, when is this pandemic going to be over? Everybody says it. Because our lives are part, you know, it's part of the theater. But it's still something I can sit and talk to you about and I can be passionate about and I can say, oh, I'm so glad you asked me. You. And this is your life at this moment. Whatever happens with you, this is what you love and you do the research. And some of the research I go, oh my God, I don't remember when I did that. I did that for four seconds and I left. So, you know, we all have different ideas about that. But just always be open. And if you can't be, or if it's really difficult, then it's not for you. Because, you know, you're facing, this is the theater, this is acting, this is what you love to do. And you don't start reading reviews about yourself. Just put it down and do the work. Someone else will write it. 
you can hang it up and I have it in my bedroom and I said oh I guess I was uh, you know a Broadway legend okay so today I feel like it tomorrow I won't <laughs> you know but I'm grateful and I'm grateful to my agents who really always think of me and I've had them for many many years I couldn't do it without them they've been marvelous and Mark Redante and his group and I love him so you've been talking a lot about doing the work and making sure that you always have work to do. So have you ever left a show? And if you do, why do you usually leave? Well, you know, I also had a second career. I, I taught a lot. So I started teaching it also. And if I'm not working and I really need to do something, then I, you know, HB Studio, which is uh, Herbert Berghoff and Uta Hagen, I've taught at Juilliard. I've taught at, uh, you know, Princeton and Duke. And I'm very lucky that people call me and I'll do master classes so mm -hmm. that I don't leave anything completely. And I learn from it too. But once I get a job, I don't want to do two things at the same time. I have to concentrate at one thing. I'm not someone who can run around and do all stuff. No. Once I have a job, I do the job. And it's a time when I go, and I, I'm very lucky. Uh, HP has been very kind to me. I'll say, I'd love to do a class about this and this and this for five or six weeks. And uh, the lady that runs the, the school will be is very lovely. And then I go, because I studied with Uta Hagen for a long time. And she was part of HB Studio, of course, Herbert Berghoff and Uta Hagen. And so then I go back and I realize that at least I have something to give to somebody so that I'm not sitting stagnant. Yeah. But now, of course, a lot of these schools and HB2, that's all virtual or Zoom or, you know, they're not open. So I find another way, you know. Yeah. And this was a wonderful idea. And the other thing is that I'm going to work with my wonderful musical director, Alex Rybeck, and then maybe do something somewhere else because I have to get back to work. And who knows when we'll meet again, but this was fun. I yeah. had a lot of fun. So I did too. So thank you so much for being here today and sharing all your stories. And listeners, thank you for being here today. And remember to tune in again on Friday when we are joined by Gerard Alessandrini. Gerard is the mastermind behind the longest-running off-Broadway review, Forbidden Broadway, and he has also contributed to Diamonds, rewritten the book to Irving Berlin's Mr. President, and more. So remember to come back for that. Thank you for tuning in.